Good evening Family Church. Welcome to Sunday Night Local. We're going through the Believer's Toolbox. This is week four. Week four. Um, and I'm looking forward to tonight's message. I hope you are as well. I just want to make sure that we are actually live. Um, I'll carry on until I know that we are definitely on live. Uh, on Live on Facebook. Uh, YouTube. Sorry, YouTube. Uh, apparently we are live. My sound man, technician, has given me the thumbs up in the background. But welcome back to uh, Sunday Night Local. And we're going to continue tonight in our series on the Believer's Toolbox. And tonight in particular we're going to look at the utterance gifts. So I'm sure you're ready. You've got your notepad ready. You've got your Bible open at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verses 7 to 11. We're going to start straight away. Okay. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 7 says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are beneficial to us all. And then he goes on, the Apostle Paul, who's writing this, he goes on and he lists these nine gifts. And he says, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, capital S, to another, the word of knowledge, through the same Spirit. To another, faith, by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings, by the same Spirit. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things distributing to each one individually as he wills. So we know that the gifts of the Spirit manifest as the Holy Spirit wills. We can't, can't muster them up. We can't make them up. It's only as the Holy Spirit wills us. And so for teaching purposes, we shared this last week, that there are nine gifts, but those nine gifts are categorized. They're put into three categories. And those three categories are the revelation gifts, the utterance gifts, and the power gifts. And very simply, the revelation gifts reveal something. Um, the utterance gifts say something. And the power gifts do something. So we, we started last week on the revelation gifts. And I know all of you can remember them all completely. The revelation gifts consist of the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. So tonight though, we're going to look at the three utterance gifts. They're called utterance gifts, they're called inspiration gifts, they're called vocal gifts. Whichever word you want to use, just use it, it doesn't really matter. But um, these three gifts consist of different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues and prophecy. So, different kind of tongues. Of these three gifts, uh, um, those three gifts that I mentioned, I think the gift of tongues is the most prominent. And so I just want to address the elephant in the room. What's the big deal about tongues? I'm so glad you asked that question. Um, so, to start off, let's go to Mark chapter 16, verses 15 to 18. And it's the Great Commission. It's the Great Commission. 
and we go to Mark chapter 16, it's Jesus speaking. Very important, it's Jesus speaking. And he says to, says to us, he says to the disciples and he says to us, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Drop down into verse 17 and he says, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So here Jesus is giving us this great commission. He's saying, going into, go into all the world and these signs, preach the gospel, and these signs will follow those who believe. And he names five supernatural gifts that will follow as we go into all the world. All we have to do is believe. That's all we have to do. And what I love is that in these five supernatural signs, the gift of tongues, so you will speak with new tongues, is spoken of. So, it's a given. So we, we will speak with new tongues. It's part of the Great Commission. And um, so once you're saved, once you're born again, and you've received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, you have the ability to speak in other tongues. In the church, we call it your heavenly language. We come up with these words, your prayer language. It really is, the, the, the Bible word is that we speak in new tongues. So, and some of the main purposes of speaking in tongues, and I've got a little list here, but it's not confined to this list, okay? But one of the main reasons, one of the main purposes why we speak in tongues is first and foremost intimacy with God. You know, if I'm just doing things in the natural and, and, I, I, but you know, you can, you can pray all day um, if you, you know, if you, if you really want to. And at times I'll be peeling potatoes and I'll just feel, I want to pray. First thing I do, speak in tongues, pray in tongues. It's my immediate connection with God. To me, it's just, that's the on switch for me. And so it's intimacy with God, personal edification. Jude 1 verse 20, well there's only one chapter in Jude, but Jude verse 20 says to um, build yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So um, praying in tongues, speaking in tongues edifies us. Praying in the Spirit, you edify yourself. So personal edification. Praying in tongues, also speaking in tongues, um, increases your sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and to hear from God. Ho um, praying in tongues helps you, speaking in tongues helps you to magnify God. You know, just before we, we came online, Chris and, I, Chris and I were praying and Chris came and he just had a couple of English words and he, we started just confessing, yes, God, you are great, you are worthy, you are beautiful, you are full of mercy and truth. And you know, but your English words run out. And we can see in Acts chapter 10, I think it is in verse 46, it says, they began to speak with other tongues and magnified God. When you come to the end of your English terminology, your words that you want to adore the Lord with, it's so nice, it's so beautiful. God gives you this heavenly language where you can express your love and adoration to the Lord using this heavenly language. 
another benefit or another purpose of praying in tongues is that you pray in God's perfect will into your life. You cannot go wrong with praying in tongues, with speaking in tongues. Romans 8 to 26 is the scripture for that. Praying in tongues bypasses our thoughts and emotions. Listen to what it says in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 14. It says, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is, un is unfruitful. So when you're praying in the spirit, you, you pray, when you're praying in the Holy Spirit, it's your spirit, your little s, your spirit prays. It's your spirit connects with the Holy Spirit and that's what gives, the Holy Spirit gives you that unction. But it bypasses your intellect, it bypasses emotion. You know what, you can feel as down as a dog, if there is such an expression, I don't know, I can't think of the, the, the expression. But you can feel as down and miserable as anything. Pray in the Spirit, just pray in the Spirit. It will lift you, it will lift you. And so... We're not concerned about the way we feel, the what we think, but we pray with the Spirit. And we look at a perfect example of um, people speaking in tongues, and has to be the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. And in Acts chapter 2, it says, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This is such an important scripture. It's so key. It's so pivotal. There's so much in here. It says, and they, that's the disciples, the apostles, they were all, all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit, capital S, gave them utterance. I think a lot of people seem to think that in order to speak in tongues that somehow the Holy Spirit is going to take over the steering wheel of your life and he's going to force his way and you're going to speak something that you have no control over. But no, the Bible says there that they began to speak. So you've got to offer up your vocal cords, your tongue, your mouth, your lips. You've got to use them. They began to speak in other tongues. So you've got to be able to give your, your tongue, your vocal cords, your sound. But the Holy Spirit gives the utterance. He is the one, he's the one who actually gives the, the words. That word utterance means not a word of everyday speech. It's an unusual word. You've probably never heard it before. And the first time it comes, it sounds weird because it's not English. It's not your native language, whatever your native language might be. But the Holy Spirit gives you the utterance, but you have to, you have to speak it. You have to speak it. So it's very important. That's a very key scripture that you have an understanding. That's how we speak in tongue. That's the how-to, if you like, Acts chapter 2. And throughout the Bible, uh, we see the gifts of the Spirit manifest. Even in the Old Testament, we see that the Holy Spirit, but the, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon, He would come upon. Remember in the New Testament, we have the Holy Spirit 
within us. But in the Old Testament, what would happen would be that the, 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 the Holy Spirit would come upon the prophet, the priest and the king in order to um, uh, give them ability to, to, to do what, they, what he had called them to do. So all the gifts of the Spirit appear actually in the Old Testament apart from two. And that is the gift of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. They do not appear in the Old Testament. Even in Jesus' ministry, Jesus operated. Remember, he, he, he walked on this earth as a man. He laid aside his deity, but anointed by the Holy Spirit. Even Jesus did not speak with other tongues, and he did not operate in the gift of interpretation of tongues. The reason for this being that tongues and the interpretation of tongues are distinctive to the church age. And Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost was the start of the church. That is the start of the New Testament church. And tongues and interpretation of tongues are distinctive to the church age and therefore they are in operation. We are still in that church age and they operate to this day. Um, you know, in the book of Acts, between from chapter 2, where we see the day of Pentecost um, and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, between Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 19, on five different occasions, we see how... Um, the Holy Spirit comes upon believers and they begin to speak with other tongues. Five accounts. So that's your homework. Go and find these five accounts between those in those 17 chapters. But the important thing to know is that between Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 19, there's a period of 24 years. 24 years between Acts 2 and Acts 19. And so... We are still living in this dispensation of the church age. We are still living in this dispensation. 2,000 years later, we are still in this church age. And so these gifts still manifest in the church today. Another very important part, thing to remember during this, in this teaching is remember that the book of Corinthians was written by the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul did not walk with Jesus throughout his earthly ministry. He didn't walk with Jesus. In fact, his entire ministry, two-thirds of the New Testament that he's written, is based on revelation given to him by the Spirit of God. It's all given by the Spirit of God. So it's very important to remember so speaking in tongues or this prayer language is primarily given to believers for their devotion life. So it's like it's a devotional gift to be used in a person's private prayer life. When you praise and worship God, when you edifying yourself, when you're speaking mysteries to God, building yourself up in your most holy faith, that is the primary purpose of speaking in tongues. And now, the occasions when I have observed um, different, the use of different kind of tongues 
in a service. I'll just explain to you the way that I've seen it actually manifest. And um, generally, I'd say that the person who's going to be delivering or operating in the gift of tongues um, would be generally, would be spiritually aware. They would be normally praying quietly in their own devotional prayer tongue, if you like, um, prior to flowing in the gift of uh, speaking in tongues. And then all of a sudden, it's almost like there's a gear change, there's a step up, there's a change in, um, there's just a change in the tongue. It's It can sound almost like a different dialect. It can sound very different to the person's devotional prayer, prayer language. And um, there's more, there's a greater authority when the person speaks in different tongues. So the, it's, it's almost like they transition from speaking from their own personal devotional heavenly language into operating in the gift of tongues. So I just want to cover now about the supernatural gift of different kind of tongues in public ministry. Remember when we covered the revelation gifts last week, we, we, we discovered that in some of the some of the revelation gifts are private and some of them are public. Uh, when you have a word of knowledge for somebody, it's based on their past. Remember Jesus with the woman at the well, it was done one on one. But this this gift, the gift of tongues, when it's a supernatural gift by the Holy Spirit, it is for public ministry. Okay, so just to give you some kind of a definition, what it is, uh, the gift of different kinds of tongues is supernatural utterance by the Holy Spirit in unknown languages, never learned by the speaker, nor understood by the speaker, nor necessarily even understood by the hearer. But we will get to that, okay? So speaking in tongues has got nothing to do with linguistic ability. It doesn't matter if you've got a natural gifting and a flair for languages. That's got nothing to do with it, okay? It's got nothing to do with our linguistic ability. It's got nothing to do with a person's intellect or their mind. It, it's a supernatural vocal utterance gift of the Holy Spirit. And so in addition to praying in a personal, in, in, in an individual prayer life, there's also this public side of speaking in tongues. And it's important to differentiate between the two. And I just want you to go and have a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 28 to 30. I'm just going to take a sip of water while you get there. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28. Listen to this scripture. It says, And God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers. Okay, what does that remind you of? It reminds you of Ephesians chapter 4. We've spoken about this before, about the fivefold ministry gifts. Remember Ephesians chapter 4. He says, now this is 1 Corinthians 12. He says, and God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healings. Now, 
miracles and gifts and healing, gifts of healings, are frequently the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which manifest through an evangelist. And he goes on, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. He's talking here about officers that have been appointed in the church. And he goes on and he says, are all apostles? The answer is no. Are all prophets? The answer is no. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healings? Here's the question. Do all speak with tongues? The answer is no. Do all interpret? The answer is no. He's talking here about public ministry in the church. Okay. He's not saying that some people speak in tongues and some people don't. He's referring here to the ministry gifts. Okay. So in this verse, that's what he's talking about. Paul's talking about the public ministry gifts and the purpose of public ministry gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues. These function as a sign to unbelievers. Listen to what 1 Corinthians 14.22 says. Read 1 Corinthians 14. It, the whole chapter is about tongues, um, prophecy, interpretation of tongues. The whole chapter based on it. It says in verse 22, Therefore tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. So tongues in a public ministry setting are for unbelievers. But the interpretation is not just for unbelievers. The interpretation of a tongue can also be for believers, but we'll get to that. Sometimes a tongue can be given and um, it can be in a known language to other people. And we see this in Acts chapter 2. Remember, in Acts chapter 2, it says that uh, on the day of Pentecost that, um, that they could understand some people could understand the language that these guys were speaking in. And they were saying, but these are guys of Galileans. They're not, they're not educated. They're untrained and uneducated men. How, come, how can it be that we hear them speaking, you know, the, the, these different languages? So sometimes a person can come with a tongue. It can, ha it can sound really like a, like, a, like a language. But the person giving the, giving the tongue will have no knowledge of that language. That's why it is a supernatural gift. But if someone operates in the gift of tongues in a gathering setting, it must always be followed through with an interpretation. It has to be. You know, the Holy Spirit gives each gift as he wills. But he doesn't just sort of bombard us with something that we have no understanding about and just sort of, well, I wonder what that was about. <laughs> and just leave us high and dry and wondering and, well, my word, wasn't that... You know, he doesn't leave us hanging and confused. God is not the author of confusion. He's a God of order. And, and, and he wants to get things across to us. He's not trying to hinder us. So let's go on now. So that's the gift of tongues. I hope that's very clear to everybody. Um, and we're going to talk about now the gift of interpretation of tongues. And the gift of interpretation of tongues can be classified, actually, as the least of all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I, I, in some ways, it's like horrible to say that because you don't want to sort of diminish any of the gifts. But the, but the reason I say that is because it's completely dependent on there being a tongue. 
when there's a tongue in a gathering, in a public gathering, there has to be an interpretation. And so if there's no tongue, there can be no interpretation. So the interpretation is totally dependent on somebody being obedient to, um, to, to, to give a gift. So, and the purpose of the gift of interpretation of tongues is to render the gift of tongues understandable so that the hearer and the whole church congregation, as well as the person with, who gave the utterance in an unknown tongue, so that everybody will know what has been said and may be edified. So a little definition is, is that the interpretation of tongues is the supernatural showing forth by the spirit, the meaning of the utterance of in other tongues. And very important to know, it's the interpretation of tongues. It's not the translation. It's not a translation. The tongue that's given could be short, but the interpretation might be long or vice versa. The tongue could be long, but the interpretation could be short. And the reason for that is that God's just trying to get his heart across to the people. And a person with given the interpretation might be able to reduce to what's being said in few words. It's not a verbatim word for word translation. It's an interpretation. It's very important. And it's all that it is, well, not all that it's doing, but what it's doing is it's, it's speaking the heart of God into a situation based on the tongue that was given. Very often when one's interpreting tongues, if that person is used in a gift of, say, prophecy, very often um, a tongue, an interpretation of tongue, could just quite easily move into another gift of the Spirit, like prophecy. Um, and, but just remember that for, for teaching purposes on these, on these nine gifts, what we're trying to do is sort of separate them, but they don't sort of separate, you know, you, you, don't, you can't put them in boxes. They do work together. They work in tandem together. And um, it is all as the Holy Spirit um, wills and as He flows through people. So it's also dependent on the recipient, whether they, how they respond to the Holy Spirit. And important also to remember that with the gift of interpretation, um, all the gifts, in fact, operate by faith. Um, God's used me in this gift uh, of interpretation of tongues. And um, I tell you what, I was, I was petrified. I had no idea that that God would use me in this way. And um, I was in a meeting and somebody gave a tongue and I knew straight away in my heart, oh, but I kept my head down thinking, okay, any minute now, somebody's gonna go up and give the interpretation and nobody did. And, um, and the pastor <laughs> said, somebody here has got the interpretation. You know, you've got the interpretation. I thought, oh, that must be me. <laughs> so I went forward and um, and the, the interpretation, it was spot on. And I, I say that because I only had a few, I had something so small, the tongue was so long, I had something so small, but the more I spoke, the more it came, it started flowing out. And so, and that's the way that the gifts work. It is a step by step 
basis. And the interesting thing about that particular experience was I didn't know this because when this when this lady passed, when she was speaking in this gift of tongues in a public meeting, um, I had my head down. I was I was just praying. I was just agreeing. Yes, Lord, whatever you want to do in this place. But I didn't know she was actually gesturing certain things and the 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 the, the interpretation that I bought actually <laughs> established all that even though I hadn't watched what she was gesturing at the time I don't know if that makes sense but often um, the interpretation will be can be long or it can be short it's it, it doesn't really matter also the interpretation sometimes in fact quite frequently will come through the person who brings the tongue so if God gives you a gift of tongues, always be aware, be mindful that maybe while you're giving this, while you're speaking this utterance, while God gives you this word, while God gives you this, this gift of tongues, always be aware, God, what are you saying? Just become mindful, become sensitive to his leading because maybe, just maybe, you're going to have to interpret it. And so be ready though, and I don't say that to threaten you, but, but be ready to also um, to give an interpretation because there is a possibility that God can use anybody that he, that he inspires, but it might also be the person who brings the gift. But as God gifts, as God gives you that, if he gives you that, um, that tongue, just be ready. You sense a tug. It's just like an unction. I don't know how else to explain it. It's a tug. You just know this is this is it. This is what this is what God is saying. And you just take that step of faith. And as you take that step of faith, the anointing follows, and Holy Spirit empowers you, and 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 you deliver you deliver the word, and um, it's it's just wonderful. And sometimes as well, an important thing about interpretation of tongues is. Um, when there is a gift uh, of tongues and there's an interpretation, it's not always for everybody in the room. It could be just for one person, two people, or the whole room. But I've been in a meeting as well, and I just want to give you some of my own life experiences, but I've been in a meeting before where somebody came with a gift of tongues, there was an interpretation, and it meant nothing to me. It was it was nothing to do with me. It was for somebody else, and it witnessed with somebody else in that meeting. So, um, but the important thing to remember is that the gift of tongues, the gift of tongues, not your personal prayer language tongues, but the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues always always happens. Not always, but it only happens in a coming together as a group in a church setting or in a, in a connect group type of situation. Listen to what 1 Corinthians 14, 26 says. It says, when you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. And he goes on in verse 27, he says, if anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two, or at the most, three, each in turn, okay, and let one interpret. So we don't have chaos in the church where one person will jump up and say, they've got a tongue, and at the same time somebody else jumps up. It's in order, 
okay and when there's a tongue there has to be an interpretation because the tongue plus the interpretation communicates what's on the heart of God at that specific moment for either a group of people or for one person and it's a powerful witnessing tool for the unbeliever it's a powerful witnessing tool when you see this in action so the third and final gift for tonight on is prophecy on these utterance gifts and I'll tell you now what it's not okay we'll start off with what prophecy is not it's not a foretelling of the future remember in Ephesians 4 we spoke about the fivefold ministry okay and in the fivefold ministry we have the apostle the prophet the teacher the pastor evangelist sure for a minute I nearly forgot the, the fifth one but um, but there's a prophet in amongst that fivefold ministry gift and the fivefold ministry gift is who God ordains to be put into ministry offices okay like pastors and um, apostles they are called and ordained by God those are called ministry gifts and um, just because a person prophesies does not make them a prophet okay prophecy does not qualify the prophet to the office in fact prophets frequently operate in a word of wisdom because remember last week a word of wisdom is about something about a future event something that's not yet happened and the prophet will frequently operate in that gift and in acts 21 there's a fantastic example of a New Testament prophet a guy called Agabus and he goes up to Paul and um, he takes Paul's belt and he and Agabus ties his hands and his feet using Paul's belt and this is what he says to Paul he says thus says the Holy Spirit so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles he was speaking about Paul it was very specific so here's Agabus a New Testament prophet with a word of wisdom it was a word of it was specific it was detailed okay so that's a perfect example so but just as the gift of prophecy doesn't qualify a person to become a prophet neither does the word of wisdom qualify a person to become a prophet either a prophet is one of those fivefold ministry gifts that God sets in the body of Christ. So what is prophecy? What is it? I know you're chomping at the bit like, tell us, Andy, come on, get on with it. Okay, 1 Corinthians 14 verse 3, he says, But he who prophesies speaks, speaks, we're talking about the utterance gifts. He who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself but he who prophesies edifies the church so a definition of what is prophecy is different kinds of tongues is supernatural utterance in an unknown language but prophecy is supernatural utterance in a known language so prophecy you speak it's an utterance gift edification exhortation and comfort the gift of prophecy 
is the same as the gift of tongues plus the interpretation of tongues. That is what, it's the same purpose for the church. The gift of tongues and interpretation is frequently for the unsaved, but prophecy is specifically for the, for the believer, for the church. I love what the Hebrew word for, for prophesy, the, the, the word for prophecy, the Hebrew word for prophecy. Listen to this beautiful description. The Hebrew meaning is to flow forth. It carries with it the thought to bubble forth like a fountain, to lift up, to tumble forth, to spring forth. It's just such a beautiful description from the Hebrew language. The Greek word for uh, that is translated prophesy means to speak for another. So to prophesy means to speak for God or to be his spokesperson. What a privilege hey, to, to be God's spokesperson. And the Bible tells us earnestly desire this gift. Earnestly desire. Why? So that we can edify, encourage, exhort and comfort one another. So what do those words mean? To edify means to build up. Like Jude 1.20 says, um, build yourself up in your most holy faith. In other words, edify. And that's what this word prophesy means, to, to edify, to build one another up. To exhort means to lift up to refresh, like that Hebrew word to bubble forth like a fountain. Isn't it so beautiful on a hot summer's day, if you've got a little water feature bubbling away, it's so refreshing, it's, it's so soothing, it's beautiful sound of a water feature. So it lifts up, it refreshes. And to comfort means to calm, to console. So when you edify, encourage, or exhort someone, you operating in the gift of this, ho this Holy Spirit gift and you're extending God's heart to this person. And I think it's one of the most, it's probably the most beneficial gift to the body of Christ. I think it's absolutely beautiful. And listen to what 1, 1 Thessalonians 5 verses 19 to 21 says about prophecy. It says, do not quench the spirit. Remember that bubbling forth like a fountain says, don't quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. So, do not quench the spirit. Don't extinguish. Don't suppress or stifle the Holy Spirit. Don't choke out his presence. Don't choke out the presence of God. And he says, do not despise prophecies. Don't disregard. Don't place no value on prophecies. Don't, don't mock them. Don't mock prophecies. He, he goes on, he says, test all things. Test them. Examine them. Make sure that they line up with the word of God. Make sure that if it doesn't line up with the word of God, reject it. Okay? Just leave it. Leave it, doesn't matter, just leave it. But test it, but examine it. And, um, and I love what the message says. Don't be gullible. 
You don't have to just receive everything that someone tells you. Don't be gullible. But recognize as genuine after examination. So if you, someone gives you a prophecy and you, it lines up with the word of God, it witnesses in your heart, you, you, can, you, can, you can accept that. You've tested it. You can receive it. And then it says, hold fast what is good. Keep it secure. Keep it, keep it in your memory. Retain it. Write it down. Write it down. Hold fast to it. I love what the, the Passion Translation here says on this. It says, never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. And don't be one who scorns prophecies, but be faithful to examine them by putting them to the test. And afterwards, hold tightly to what has proven to be right. Hold fast to that which is correct. Gift of prophecy is, I think, is one of the strongest gifts to bring about emotional healing to people. But remember that the gifts don't operate alone, but I think this particular gift of prophecy can bring about a healing on the inside of a person. Sometimes there's an outward manifestation, but there's an actual, there's, a, there's an inward healing that needs to take place. And a word of prophecy can bring about that healing, that comfort, that wholeness, that exhortation, that building up. You know, maybe a person has been spoken down to all their life, told they're no good for anything, and they've believed it. And, and they, as a result, they've become hard and bitter, um, all kinds of physical things have started manifesting in their life. They've become angry. One word from God can change a person's life. Be sensitive. If you have God, if you feel God lays something on your heart, just test it. Does this line up with the word of God? And, and, and speak it in a, in, a, in a heart of love to a person because God is trying to reach people We've just got to be open. We've just got to be open to his presence, to his spirit, to his unction, to his leading in order to help people. That's the purpose of these gifts. They're not for us to look great. They're to help people. They're to help people. Sometimes it's a healing of a soul that's required. And maybe God wants to use you in this gift. Yes, you. Just open your heart. Say, Lord, use me. I'm available. That's all that's required. So there we go. Those are the three utterance gifts. The gift of tongues, the gift of interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. Next week, we're going to go on to the three power gifts. So read 1 Corinthians 14, 1 Corinthians 12. Spend some time in the Word, but seek God. Be a vessel for Him to flow in and through you. Have a blessed week. We'll see you next week.